we were talking about Genesis, and we talked about part of the reason for looking at Genesis. I mean, one, there's there's some phenomenal stories in in Genesis, uh, and I and I think not only phenomenal stories by way of interest, but but things that that we can, as as fantastic as as they are, that that we can relate to on a on a substantive level. You know, perhaps our life has not as been as fantastic or grand, but but talking about both the the glory of the of the grace of God, the the glory of the grace of God, the mercies of God that are alive and at work in people's lives, and and how deeply and desperately we need it, um, and and the fact that works. Uh, thank you, Brian. I appreciate your passing that out. Uh, the the fact that God works through uh, the only instruments that God has to work through are are very broken instruments. You you and me, and we talked a little bit about um, to some degree that. The, the the human condition that we're so very <laughs> exactly there you go one more um, we talked about helpful in understanding our lives to sort of look uh, to look back come on in um, great to see y'all take care here's uh, we pass this out uh, there we are PMAs I'll give I think we're down to one y'all can share here we are. Well, we talked a little bit about how this um, kind of the the, the 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 work of God in the midst of a, a broken and violent world, uh, the work of God in the midst of, of of yours and my hearts and minds as well, broken hearts and minds, not just in those people out there, but the presence of that and you and me as well. The, the creation, God looking uh, on his creation, looking on us, male, create a male and female in his image, and calling it good, giving his benediction over that. And yet, even in the midst of that, so much which is wrong in ourselves, which is wrong in our world, which is wrong in our relationships, we looked at, we looked at the fall, and then we talked a little bit about Noah. And I don't, I don't want to spend too much on this first quote that I gave y'all, but I did reference it, and it was, the bell was tolling, and we were hustling out the door, and so I thought, I needed to at least um, talk about it a little bit more. One of the things that we're wrestling with, and this is a quote uh, from a gentleman, Miroslav Volf uh, is his name, and originally from the Balkans, and his thesis, which is down um, in this, uh, it's kind of uh, in the middle of it, and he says this, he says, Violence thrives today, secretly nourished by the belief that God refuses to take the sword. It takes the quiet of a suburb for the birth of the thesis that human nonviolence is a result of God who refuses to judge. In a scorched land soaked in blood of the innocent, the idea will invariably die like other pleasant captivities uh, of the liberal mind. If God were not angry at injustice and deception, and did not make a final end of violence, that God would not be worthy of our worship. And we talked, the reason behind all this is, and that that's is basically violence, and I mentioned you're welcome to agree or disagree, but it is thought-provoking. Violence thrives today secretly nourished by the belief that God refuses um, to take the sword. And we talked we talked about Noah and the flood and just the challenge of that, uh, the, the understandable challenge of the way that, that we grapple with, um, how can a, uh, so supposedly God is gracious and loving and kind, and yet we also see this, this flood, um, which, which comes as well. Uh, how, how can God 
how can God be both? Uh, a God who has wrath, a God who has vengeance, a God who acts in that way, but also a God who, that we turn to as, as loving, uh, as, as gracious, as, as kind, as one in whom we can place our, our trust. And basically, and this is um, perhaps too succinct, but, but the necessity of, of a holy and righteous God um, who has a holy and righteous anger at, at injustice, is that, at that um, which destroys, uh, as that which brings um, violence and destruction into the world. And at the end of uh, last week, we talked about the flood, God bringing salvation through judgment. God bringing salvation through judgment and the foreshadowing that that gives uh, of the cross. Uh, the way that the cross is first and, for, first and foremost a judgment uh, of, of the human condition, but it's also the means by which we're saved. It's the means by which we're restored and reconciled in relationship, uh, reconciled in relationship with God. And we talked about the cross, in essence, uh, being like the ark. Uh, we, we get in the cross, uh, just as the people got in um, the ark and it carried them through that judgment towards salvation, the same way that we, we get into the cross. It's the means by which um, we are carried across to safety, uh, the means by which we're restored and reconciled in our relationship uh, in our relationship with God. This, this imagery of a God who uh, absorbs that, uh, that wrath in himself that you and I might receive mercy, that, that incredible message of the Christian faith. So that's, by the way, just a little bit of what we talked about um, last week. And so that sort of took us through, and we're not going to go through every chapter and every line of Genesis. I don't want you to be frightened. Um, but uh, so we, we went kind of up through sort of chapter um, chapter 10, sort of, and now we're going to pick up, uh, again, not, not line by line or chapter by chapter, uh, but uh, at Genesis 12, which is the call of Abram. But in between that is the Tower of Babel. Anybody remember that story, um, the Tower of, uh, of Babel? Um, you know, this isn't, um, yeah, you're not going to be called upon um, to give us a brief. But if you remember what, what happened is, is this with the Tower of Babel, as we, we hear, and this is 11.1, now the whole earth had one language uh, and the same words, uh, and as people migrated from the east, they found a plain in the land of Shinar and settled there. And they said to one another, come, let us make bricks and burn them thoroughly. And they had brick for stone and bitumen for mortar. Then they said, come, let us build ourselves a city and a tower with its top in the heavens and let us make a name for ourselves lest we be dispersed over the face of the whole earth. And then we hear, And the Lord uh, came down to see the city and the tower which the children of man had built. Uh, and the Lord said, Behold, um, they are um, one people, and they have all one language, and this is only the beginning of what they will do. And nothing that they propose to do will be impossible for them. Come, let us go down uh, and confuse their language so that they may not understand one another's speech. So the Lord dispersed them from there over the face of all the earth, and they left off building um, the city. Therefore, its name was called Babel, because there uh, the Lord confused the language uh, of all the earth, and from there the Lord dispersed them over the face of the earth. So 
we have you know, we we have the tower uh, we have the tower of babel as we as we talked about um do you remember there was such a there's i'm sure you all remember this classic movie buckaroo bonsai the adventures of buckaroo bonsai anybody remember that one um you do excellent um well there was this uh it was it was kind of and you, you hear this said, but it really is true. It's one of those movies that was so bad it was good, um, at least in, in my memory. It might be one of those, sometimes you go back and you watch a movie again that you thought was so great, and you think, what was I going through? Uh, I don't understand now why I thought, but I remember it as being uh, so bad it was good. But one of the phrases, one of the catch lines from that is, um, he would say, wherever you go, there you are. Um, wherever you go, there you are. And I mean, y'all might be moved enough. We could just pray. Um, y'all could just take that with you today. Wherever you go, there you are. Was kind of his 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 line. But here's why that's here's why that's pertinent is um, the people. You know, they as we talked about the, the 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 seeds of the serpent and the seed of the woman. God is uh, is bringing about uh, his salvation. His plan of salvation is is alive and at work, and it's and it's continuing in the midst of a very broken. Creation. So the people came across. They they had uh, Noah and his family had faith in God, and we we hear about that wondrous faith. That then shortly thereafter uh, they begin to fail and to fall short, and the family begins to disintegrate from that point. So the the issue is they they got in the ark, but sin came with them. Wherever they go, um, there there they are. Wherever we go, there we are. We think you know if I can just change my location. Have any of y'all ever done that? Um, I just think, you know, if I can just change my location, whatever it is, you know, if I move to a new town, if we get a new house, get a new, get a new job, I don't know, get a new dog, um, whatever it might be, you know, things will be different. If we just get a little change, um, and, and change is a great thing, and, and all those things can help to some degree, but the reality is wherever we go, there we are. We, we, we bring our, ourselves with us and all of our stuff, and we see that happening here, uh, the, the, the violence and the rebellion continued. In the Tower of Babel, one of the things I want to show, there's a really important distinction. What the people say as they build this tower, they say, we're going to make a name for ourselves. Uh, that's, that's really, uh, at the end of the day, they say, this is, this is awesome. We're, we're increasing in technology. Uh, we, we, we have better bricks. Uh, we have better mortar. Uh, we're going to build better buildings. Uh, and basically what the people are saying is with this new technology, with this new knowledge, and I'm not uh, opposed to any of that. That's a, that's a good gift and a good thing. But what they're saying is with this improved technology, with this new knowledge, with building better buildings and building better cities, we're going to be better people uh, and we're going to make a name for ourselves. Uh, that, that's, that's in essence what, what they're saying. Uh, and, and the reality is um, they were deluded. Uh, in that thinking, and so we hear that the God uh, comes down, uh, and they are, uh, and they are scattered. There is still that issue. So there is, we're going to make a great name for ourselves, and now we have the call of Abram. And, and part of what I'm inviting you and me to look at this day um, is is what faith looks like, uh, because one of the things that we think about with Noah, we think about faith, right? Noah was Noah was a man of faith. He was. Um, he was praised by God um, for his faith. He's uh, he is um, uh, the spiritual father because of because of Noah's faith. And and in no way um, to den- excuse me, Abram. And no way to den- denigrate Abram and Sarai, whose names of course uh, are changed uh, as the story goes along to Abraham uh, and Sarah. And, and one of the things that we that we see in that, not just here, but it's but it's a it's a it's a good red flag that goes up 
biblically. Uh, it's a good red flag rather than the bad red flag um, that goes up to say, hey, something's going on here. When, when God changes a name, something significant is, is happening. There's a, there's a new creation which is taking place and or there's a new call which is taking place um, in their lives. And so I want to talk this morning and invite you and me to reflect on, on faith. But as, but as we reflect on faith, to say some things that, um, that it is and some things that it isn't and some words of encouragement, um, for you and for me, uh, as far as what that looks like. And, and one of the things, uh, if we talk about faith with the call of Abraham, now we, I'll read this. Now the Lord said to Abram, go from your country and your kindred and your father's house, and this is Genesis 12, and to the land that I will show you, and I will make of you a great nation, and I will bless you and make your name great so that you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you and him who dishonors you I will curse. And in you all the families of the earth um, shall be blessed. So we see a distinct difference. The Tower of Babel, we're going to make a name for ourselves. Um, uh, we're, we're going to make a name for ourselves. And now here we see with Abram, God calling him out and saying, Go, I will make... Uh, a great nation from you. I will bless others through you. I will make uh, I will make a name for you. We hear this call um, to to step out. Uh, this call given to him to step out in faith. Um, but you know, here's it's funny. My my dad. One of the things dad told me um, that that I remember. And did any of y'all, if your mom or dad would tell you something, you know, they'd say, well, you know, uh, did you believe them? Maybe not eventually, but kind of in time, some of the things you'd say, you know what? It's kind of the old, you know, maybe they, maybe they knew something. Uh, maybe they knew more than I used to joke with my son, Jack, when he was younger, and it's still kind of a little bit today, less so today. I would go to tell him something and I would preface it by saying, I know you know this. Um, because of course, when I'd say, you know, Jack, and he'd say, you know what his first words would be? I know, Dad, I know. Um, that was always the first, you know, I know. I know, Dad, I know. So I used to sort of jokingly say, I know you already know this, but let me just go ahead. But one of the things my dad told me, he said, you know, he said, as you get older, he said, you, you might be surprised to find that you become more conservative and resistant to change, uh, was, was what Dad had said to me, uh, becoming more conservative, resistant to change. And I thought, not me. Um, I, I, I love change. But, you know, I, I find as things have gone on, uh, I've you know, I'm, I'm more resistant to change. Um, my, uh, for, there was a, there was a period of time, uh, when, when my wife, um, had us, uh, had us moving. You know, we were sort of looking to a different place. Um, we needed to be, you know, in a place that was flatter, um, and, and et cetera. And I used to always just sort of cringe at the thought of, of, of moving and, and changing the, the person that loves to move and to change. And, and part of the reason, you know, again, as as I sort of confessed last week, it's a certain laziness. I'm just thinking, you know, moving would require work. Um, you know, it would require cleaning out closets uh, and cleaning out um, the garage. Uh, and and I used to give all sorts of reasons, but I mean, really, in all honesty, that was kind of my main um, resistance. I really could have cared one way, couldn't have cared one way or another, except that it would mean um, my going into the garage uh, and into the attic and, and things of that sort. So we see. Um, that that uh, Abram is is called and and he's called um, to he's called to follow God uh, into this land uh, that He will show him and 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 really quite frankly um, into this call 
that that he will show them. I don't know if any of y'all, uh, well, some of you, well, uh, our, our previous dean, Frank Limehouse, some of you remember him, some of some of you don't. Some of you have come after him, and I remember he, uh, I guess it, was, it might have even been his first Sunday or one of his first Sundays, he was talking about he was teaching on um, Abram uh, and and his call and talking about his own call and coming from Beaufort, South Carolina to Birmingham, Alabama, and and someone asked him what his what his vision was um, for the advent, and and Frank Frank was recounting this later. He said he was he said he was really embarrassed because he said you know what I thought of it. it's like I uh, I did he said I, I kind of stumbled and tried to come up with an answer, but you know so Frank, what's your vision for the advent? He's like you know I I, I didn't really have one, uh, and and he and he called our our previous bishop Bishop Salmon. Bishop Sam was a was a great guy and was a wise uh, man. He died this year and was uh, just a wonderful. Uh, he was a wonderful, faithful guy. But one of the things that uh, when he he told Bishop Salmon about this and he said, you know, it's just it's like I was really embarrassed and I kind of stumbled and fumbled trying to come up with an answer when I didn't when I didn't have an answer. And and Bishop Salmon's response to him, he said this. He said, uh, now now Frank, um, when when Abram left, what was his vision? Uh, and, and Frank thought about it for many. So he said, "You know, I, I, I don't know. I don't know that he had one." And he said, "Exactly. His, uh, the, the, the vision was God's. His, his opportunity um, was to be faithful and to go." I share a story with you. One of my buddies had something happen to him a number of years ago. Peter's a is a wonderful guy, faithful guy, and he and his family moved from. Charleston, South Carolina, back to the Shenandoah Valley of Virginia, where they were from originally. And, and when they moved, they couldn't sell their home. And so that was a, uh, they have uh, four children. And so even if you don't have children, but it's just, that's a, that's a stressful thing to move, not be able to sell your home. They had the home, um, in Charleston and then moving with the four kids, uh, back to Virginia. Uh, and but thankfully at the last minute they were able to get someone to rent their home, uh, and he called me one day and to tell me this whole story. Well, they were renting this home. The people that were renting it noticed some issues. They had someone come out and look, and it was termites, um, and and termites had gotten into the house. And and as you might imagine, um, he began he began to panic. Um, uh, he he began to panic about all of that and. Um, you know, he and I don't know if if y'all, um, I, I can certainly do this as well. Um, he he began to do that whole sort of circle, that spiral uh, of of panic, and and along with that that sort of spiral of, of panic is um, just uh, judgment and despair. You know what? I'm such a loser. You know, I, I you know how could we get ourselves in this situation? I don't have a backup plan. Uh, I don't have money. Um, stored away. I, I, I can't fix this. How could I, you know, let us get into the situation? How could I get my family into this situation? You know, basically we're going down. Um, you know, we're, we're just, and I, I can do that. I don't know about y'all, but just go from sort of zero to 60 from, it's like, well, you know, it's kind of like I have an old car and whenever it makes a sound, I'm usually like, oh my gosh, it's about to die. It's about to die. And it's like, well, you know, I might just need an oil change. You know, it might not be quite as severe. So I immediately go to panic and Peter went to panic and began to fall into despair about how he could let himself uh, get in this situation. And then it, this may sound almost cliche, but he, he said, you know, Craig, he said, I started uh, I started um, to pray about this. And he said, when I began to pray about this, uh, I experienced 
uh, a tremendous peace. Um, and, and this is what he said. He said, I experienced a tremendous peace. Uh, but then he said, this is, it was as if I heard uh, the Lord saying this to me. And this is what I thought was so insightful uh, and so important. Uh, he, in essence, heard God saying to him, you know what? Um, you know, Peter, I, I love you uh, and, and, I, and I love you all. Uh, and, and I've always been with you. And I'm always going to be with you. I'm not. Uh, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna stop. Uh, I'm, I'm not gonna suddenly leave you. I'm not going to suddenly um, forsake you. I've. I've been with you before. I'm going to continue to be with you. Uh, and this is what he said, which I thought was so. And I hope not to let you down when I reveal what I thought was so profound about this. Uh, he says, if it heard God tell him, I'll give you the next step. Uh, I'll, I'll give you the next step. Well, here's why I share that with you. And here's why I think that's so important. I don't, because I think this is an, it, it's, a, it's an issue of the human condition. It's not a bad thing um, that, that you and I wonder what's next. Uh, it's a very, you know, it's, it's, it's a very natural thing to worry about what's next. It's not a terrible thing um, to, to make plans um, or, you know, uh, or, to, or to think about or pray about uh, what, what might be, what might be next. But, but here's the challenge for the human condition. We want to know how we want to know the final chapter, right? Uh, what what my friend wanted to know in this situation was, um, you know, how's how's it all going to be resolved? Um, how is it all going to how is it all going to work out? How are we going to make this? How are we going to make this work, God? Um, how is it going to turn out? But but that word uh, which was given to him by God is, you know what? I'm I'm with you. Uh, I'm with you, and I'm going to go before you, and I'll and I'll give you uh, I'll give you the next step. So one of the things I'd like to say this morning is that what Abram shows us in his very imperfect walk with God, because we see in some moments he's he's tremendously um, faithful and fantastic, and then at other moments we see that he that he sort of spectacularly he and Sarah spectacularly fall short um, as well. As we talk about, he's not. As we walk through his life, it's not as if he's got it all together uh, and he's and he's all perfect. But but he's walking with God, leaning on God, trusting in God um, to give him the next step. Uh, and I, and I think that's a word for you and for me. Hebrews 11. This is one of those verses you may remember. Faith is the assurance of things hoped for, things not yet seen. Faith is the assurance of things hoped for, things not yet seen. And what we see uh, exemplified by uh, Abraham in his relationship with God as a God who's with him and as a God uh, who gives him um, the next step. Uh, and so we see that he that he goes forth. But as as he goes forth, as as Abram and his lot as, as they go forth, we see um, that basically it it takes God's um, repeated call um, to Abraham to con- to have him continue uh, going forward. Uh, and in following him, this, yes, faith, God giving the next step, uh, Abraham very imperfectly um, walking uh, with God, but God revealing uh, to him the next step. Uh, so I've included a couple of quotes this morning. Anybody ever read any Wendell Berry? Um, so, um, some, so some, you know, it's good stuff if you're into it. Um, you know, if you, li- if you like Wendell Berry, he wrote a book called Jaber Crow. Uh, and, and Jaber Crow uh, is a, in, in my estimation, is a, is a fantastic book. He's written poetry. He's written 
essays, he's written novels, a number of things, but, but Jaber Crow is, is the story about this, uh, this guy who, um, it, it's interesting. It, in some ways it mirrors uh, Abraham, and in some ways it is antithetical to Abraham in, in this. Um, I would say this, when it, when it comes to faith, uh, faith is God's call for us in some way to, to, to step out uh, and, and to trust him and to find, uh, to find that he's faithful. Um, but, but what I would say is this, um, stepping out and, and trusting God and, and finding that God is, is faithful doesn't necessarily mean changing places. Um, in, in Abraham's instance, it did, uh, it did involve, as he was going to be a father of many nations, as he was going to be... Uh, one of the, the chief people in the line of the way that the faith was, was passed on, uh, his was very definitely the, the call to step out, uh, and to go, um, to another place, which was, which was unfamiliar, which was new to him. But, but as y'all know, stepping out as well can be, uh, can take place, uh, by being in the same, uh, same place. Stepping out can be, uh, a faithful stepping out could be attempting to reconcile in a relationship that we have. Um, one where we've sort of uh, retreated from that relationship, whether it be out of fear, we've sort of gone into that trench warfare and we've, we've pushed away, uh, from, from one another, uh, that, that beginning, that step of faith may be reaching out and reconciliation in a relationship. It may be, um, trusting God in different ways, um, in our lives that don't entail us Leaving a place, and and I mention that by way of uh, the call of in this particular novel, Jaber Crow was uh, basically to uh, to dwell deeply in a place rather than to leave a place. Um, uh, that 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 call, that leap, that step of faith was basically to uh, to put down deep roots uh, and an investment um, in a community. Uh, but but he says this. But faith is not necessarily are not so soon a resting place. Faith puts you out on a wide river, in a boat, in the fog, in the dark. Even a man of faith knows that as Burley Coulter used to say, we've all got to go through enough um, to kill us. Uh, faith is not so soon uh, or necessarily a resting place, but faith um, puts you out. Let me just ask you, and you don't have to come, any, any reaction to that uh, in thinking about that? Not so soon a, a resting place, uh, faith uh, is something which in some ways puts you out. Any, any thought or any reaction to that? Yet if you'd go one at a time, that'd be better. Um, so, uh. Yeah. I think that's no. I think that's that, that's tremendous. That's um, you know the wonderful words of, of Psalm thirty, Psalm one thirty nine. Where can I flee from your presence? If, if I go down to the depths, um, you're there. If I go to the heights, um, you're there. You're there also. Um, yeah, ab- absolutely. I think that's what I prayed when you were in front of this election. Yeah. 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 Seriously. <laughs> no, honestly, yeah, exactly. Um, to say, yeah, exactly. Regardless of the results. Mm-hmm. Uh, that 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 yeah, exactly. This time I didn't break out in shingles. <laughs> yeah, well that's it. That's right. So you got that going for you. Um, so that's 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 right. Yeah, the the assurance. Yeah, that God is with us. That God goes before us. Yeah. Any any other thoughts or reflections on that? 
Yes. Yeah, I think, you know, sometimes if you, if, you, if you know that God's asking you to do something, for me, like I knew, but I felt totally ill-equipped. You know, I, hadn't, you know, I can't do this. You know, mm-hmm. I'm just not equipped to do it. So mm-hmm. I think it was, um, I, I realized I just had to step out and depend on him totally to carry me because I couldn't do it on my own. Right. And I guess that's what I hope to, at least in part, by looking at some of these stories. Because you know, we 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 hear we we hear uh, about God being trustworthy, and we hear about this this call to to, to place uh, our our trust in Him. And and it's true, uh, it's it's completely true. But even often as we hear that, that can sound like I don't know. That can sound like church talk. It's kind of like yeah yeah yeah. You know, I've heard that. You know, put your trust in God. He's He's trustworthy. You can. You can lean on him. He's, you know, he's with you and he goes before you. But again, that's why I think it's so great to read through some of these stories and to see the way uh, that 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 is that that does, in fact, uh, come to fruition. I, a number of years ago, um, some friends of ours, their daughter has cystic fibrosis, and they're some of the best people in the world. Love this family, and they were doing a fundraiser. Uh, and you got people to sponsor you to rappel off of um, this building over here. Um, I forget I forget the name of the building over here. It's ten stories, um, and so um, I hate heights. Um, I really, I mean, I really, really, uh, I'm just, I, I'll just tell you. I mean, I'm a wimp when it comes to heights. I know that's not rational. Well, actually, it's very rational. Um, I would say to sort of fear rappelling over a building, but even like. You know, standing on the edge of a building, looking over, some people think that's neat. I don't. Um, I just, I, 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 I don't like it. Um, and I just sort of have irrational thoughts that come into my mind, you know, about being sucked out by some wind or something or, you know, who knows, losing my footing or, or, or whatever. It's one of my, one of my, which I think is, is, is a moderately rational fear. Um, but they, one of the things you did with that is, you know, they get you in the harness and all that kind of good stuff. And then they wanted you to lean back off of the building and take your hands off of the rope and put your arms out like this. And and they're reasoning, and that's why I kind of think uh, that was kind of helpful for me. And they say, you look, we, what, we want you to know that you can trust the equipment. Um, uh, we want you to know, and I feel like that's sometimes what we do in church. People kind of hear it and experience it in the same way, just like, yeah, sure. Um, go ahead and lean back and stick your arms out uh, and hang off the building here. Trust me, you'll be fine. And it, it, there's, we're having this discussion and I'm up here uh, on the edge of this building, and I'm, I'm, you know, I've got my death grip um, on this. And they're like, "No, no, no, you can trust the equipment." You know, and I said, "Look, I said I know I can trust the equipment. I said I know that it really would be bad for y'all as well if you dropped me off the building." I was like, "I really, I, you know, I think that this is all very safe and very all this kind of jazz. Uh, I believe in that, but I'm like, I'm just, I'm not, I'm not doing it." And as I went down, uh, as I rappelled down the building. You know, some of the people kind of leaned back, and I and I sort of kept close to the building. Again, I knew rashly that if the equipment gave, it wouldn't matter. I mean, whether I was leaning back or in a ball, but I thought if I go down, I'd rather go down in the fetal position than spread eagle. That was just sort of my, I mean, it's just like not rational. I just thought I'd rather go down. If it happens, I want to go down tucked rather than, I just thought, you know, how do I want to see myself on the pavement? And I'd rather see myself this way than that way. So it's kind of, you know, just went down and very close uh, very close to the building, made it down safe and sound. And um, anyway, I was not the bravest repeller that day, but you know, uh, I, I made it. So, but yeah, we 
we're we're encouraged in faith because here's I guess to some degree as well what I want to say to you is um, the opportunity which is given to us. And again, it, it can sound like inviting us to rappel off a building, um, and and it sounds uh, and it sounds irrational. But what we see again and again and again uh, is the is the is the trustworthiness uh, of God who who knows our needs, who who provides for us, who desires to, to fashion us in a way uh, which uh, prepares us um, for for eternity and the, and the trustworthiness of God. But to say this as well about uh, the the invitation to faith, uh, it is also something which which compels us. It's not uh, it's not an invitation to ease. Um, because what we see also as Abram uh, becomes Abraham, as, as God leads him, is that uh, his life uh, is is filled with blessing and is a blessing to others and is infinitely larger uh, and, and better uh, as a result of his stepping out and as a result of his following God. But it's, but it's not necessarily, it doesn't necessarily mean ease. Um, faith means uh, a life which is fuller. Uh, it means a life which is larger. It means a life which is richer, but it doesn't necessarily uh, promise a, quote, um, easier uh, life. As we see, uh, Abram uh, walks through numerous challenges. And then I'll say this um, finally, uh, as the, the, the bell is ringing for us. Um, the other thing I'd like to say, and this last quote um, deals with this a little bit as well. It's another from um, Wendell Berry. And, and I think this, um, and he... Uh, addresses uh, the fallacy as well of we think about uh, a faithful life doesn't mean a straight line. Uh, a faithful life doesn't mean a straight line. I think to some degree we have you know, the bishop preached this morning um, on sort of reclaiming the the good news of repentance and and what that and what that means. Uh, but I think sometimes we have this misunderstanding that faith is a faith is a straight line. If I'm faithful, um, then I'm I'll just you know. It's onward and upward, right? From from strength to strength. I'm getting better. Uh, I'm getting better um, every day. Um, and thank goodness I'm not like I was before. Um, and I'm just you know stronger and uh, and and better. But but the life of faith is in some ways it's it's circuitous um, rather than rather than a straight line. I mean, good grief! Uh, as we go on and you look at the people uh, of Israel in the wilderness for for 40 years, um, you know. Uh, it's not that big. Um, so obviously they weren't going in a straight line. The fact that it took them 40 years um, speaks to a lot of winding uh, and, and meandering. And you and I can fall prey to uh, when we... Re- repentance uh, is, um, is a great thing, um, but at the same time, our, our failures um, are an opportunity um, for, the, for the devil... Um, to dissuade us that we're loved by God, um, that that we're worthy uh, of God's care and attention um, in our lives, that we're defined um, by our failures rather than our faith. Uh, one of the lies of our enemies is to have us define ourselves by our failures rather than um, our faith. Uh, and so faith, uh, it's 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 not a it's not a straight line, uh, and we will we will fall short along the way. We'll, we'll take some steps forward. We'll take some steps back. We'll we'll go um, we'll go off course, uh, and and to remind ourselves that that when we do so, there is a God who comes to gather us uh, and draw us back um, to Himself. 
Uh, there's a God who's, uh, you know, sin is uh, sin is, is is grave and serious, and yet we have a God who came into the world to save sinners um, and, and to keep that as as the remembrance as as that which draws us um, in our faith that we might remember the amazing things which which He has done for us in Joshua three and four, which I'll, I'll have time to read to you now. The people enter into the promised land. God dries up the waters and they walk across uh, into the promised land and he commands them um, to set up these standing stones. Uh, and uh, there's two reasons given for the erection of those standing stones. People say, you know, why, why are we doing this? Well, it's for two reasons. One, um, so that you can tell um, your children um, when they say, what's up with these stones? Or, and you can tell your friends, what's up with these stones? And say, well, these are here because on this day the Lord did amazing things um, in the midst of us, uh, it is there um, as as a both a, a, a witness, um, but also as as a reminder uh, of the faithfulness uh, of the faithfulness of God. And so, as we as we're called to be people who step out of faith, as we're called to be people who recognize it's not a straight line or a straight path. There's the amazing news um, that when it's not for us, when we do fall short, those remembrances, that reminder of a God who's faithful. Uh, a God who is gracious, a God who has come and has worked through flawed individuals uh, like Noah and now Abraham and Sarah, um, that his grace and his mercy might go forth, that we might be people who are reconciled. And as we hear that uh, and as we go forth, let us pray. Um, Father, we, we thank you that you call us to, to faith, uh, a living faith, a relationship which finds joy and, and meaning and certainty in you. Uh, and you know our, you know our anxieties and often our um, dis-ease. And I pray that you would speak to us, most gracious God, and in, in the call and the presence of your Holy Spirit, drawing us um, to see and to know of your great faithfulness uh, to us, most gracious God, that our hope and our trust might be in you, uh, and that you might indeed. Um, shape and fashion us in our lives and lead and guide and direct us, we pray. And these things we ask now in the name of your Son, who is Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen.